0: or who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them,
1: then crown their ass. Ah, Stafford down the middle is intercepted. DJ Moore. Overthrows and intercepted for DJ.
2: Chris and DJ show with former Chicago Bears nickelback DJ Moore.
1: Bring it tight, bring it tight, bring it tight. Yeah. 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 it's about what you got in here. Bring a little heart with you tonight. Bring a little heart. This game's about will. What are you willing to do for the guy next to you? Bring that- the chicago bears hibernate in the den of hopelessness and obviously they aren't finding they aren't following protocol in chicago because whatever the offense had very early on in the year the defense has now caught it the defense is now <laughs> testing positive for suck and when you play against the green bay packers and you allow aaron Rodgers to do what he did last night offensively to play a flawless game to not get hit in the pocket, for Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams to be able to run the football like that, you don't stand a chance. The reason we gave him a chance was we felt like if Mitchell Trubisky could, could create some things with his legs, if the offense could actually move the ball, we knew that this defense was good enough. Now they have nothing. Now the defense have given up. has given up. Now the offense is showing you, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter who the play caller is, they won't be able to create points in critical moments. And so if you're the Chicago Bears, you pack this season up and you figure out where this started and when you can end it. And you end it as fast as you can. You find a quarterback, you find a new head coach, and you move forward in 2021.
2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Chris and DJ show. I'm Chris Shanefeld. He's former Chicago Bear, DJ Moore. And uh, in just a couple minutes, we'll be joined by former Bears wide receiver Earl Bennett, good friend of DJ Moore, uh, went to the same school, of course, uh, Vanderbilt University. They're going through their struggles as well as the Chicago Bears. Um, they suffered a loss last night to the Green Bay Packers, and uh, they start the year off 5-1, and one, and now here we are, DJ, 5-6. and six. Um, they went from having a 90% shot at making the playoffs to now a 23% chance at making the playoffs. They're now third in the NFC North, um, only behind the Green Bay Packers, uh, but, uh, of course, uh, also the Minnesota Vikings, who are also 5-6. and six, And uh, they, of course, as of now, hold the tiebreaker um, there. So they are number two in the NFC North. Uh, DJ, you and I were on last night following the game, and, I got to say, man, after hearing Matt Nagy's comments, not only last night, but even this morning, um, you know, I mean, I, I got to say, I'm probably more heated today than I was yesterday after watching that embarrassing output. Um, we're going to go ahead and play some of what Matt Nagy had to say this morning, DJ, because uh, especially as a former de- defender of this football team, I, I'm curious uh, to get your take on what Matt Nagy said. Uh, to start uh, his press conference this morning, here's Matt Nagy, courtesy of ChicagoBears.com. Thing
3: that I start off with is what started on the the, the beginning of the game for them to go on this uh, 14 play drive, 75 yards, and go down and score. Um, it, it just uh, that that's not who we are as a defense, and and so when you look at this thing big picture, um, they had basically three drives uh, and, and around 36 plays. 22 out of those 36 plays were five plus yards. Uh, that, that can't happen. And our, our defensive guys know that, um, you know, you have to be able to, to, uh, to shut them down and not, not, not allow 16 first downs and 36 plays, five of six on third downs and three touchdown drives. That's not who our defense is. And I, and, and, and our guys, uh, they, they need to, uh, to understand where we're coming from with that and, and how we feed off of them as a defense. They've done a hell of a job all year long, but yesterday was uh, was not where we need to be. And uh, I, I think for all of us. And so
2: DJ right there, uh, there he is right away. First thing he says in the press conference And he's putting blame on the defense. You don't hear any mention right there in that first minute, minute and a half about the offensive side of the football. Um, And it's not what he said that pisses me off, DJ, because he's not wrong. He's not wrong. They allowed 41 points to the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, one of those touchdowns coming uh, from a uh, a fumble recovery from the Packers' defense, they brought it in for a touchdown. But for that to be your opening statement, from last night's game this morning, you, you know you had a whole day to rewatch the tape and go over everything. Um, if you're a def- if you're a defender on this Bears team, DJ, are you pissed off that you know that's how the guru of this 31st ranked offense opened up his presser?
0: No, not really. Um, well, the offense been struggling for two and a half years. Like you, you come to expect that. Like what we have not come to expect is the defense looking that. I mean, that was. That's a top ranked defense that looked like they was ranked somewhere where the offense was ranked. So I I think it's fine. I think as a defender, you still you take pride in the defense that you play. And you want to really, you to who much is given, much is much is required. And that defense has a lot of star power on it. And again, you you just need more, you gotta the offense may struggle, but the defense you can't do both, especially with a defense like this. And that was, like again, like I was saying last night. You won't. I don't think you will see that again, though, um, because it just, it just, it just doesn't happen like that. Now, again, like you could not stop the run. There was a lot going wrong. So whatever it was, when you play again, other teams are going to try to emulate that. Emulate, but again, if the line, do the lines have Aaron Rodgers or the offensive line that he had, or? I guess the play call they don't. So it'll – well, I think the defense will recover. But, again, you're going to call out – I think you, you always call out the star player. And the defense is the star to me. The star of the team. So you call them out first. And then the chips will fall when they pick it up.
2: And uh, there's one more clip that I'd like to play here from the Matt Nagy press conference from this morning. So he had some time to think about it. He had some time to, to overlook and, and go over the game film and, uh, you know, dissect uh, what it was that he's seen from last night's debacle. Again, 41 to 25. That's not even the story, man. That, score, that, that game was so much more uglier than what the score might indicate. Um, here's, uh, here's some more of what Matt Nagy had to say. Again, courtesy of ChicagoBears.com.
3: Whatever it is, I know this. Uh, we better wake our tails up. Every freaking coach on the, on the staff, every player – better wake up and start start understanding where we're at have some personal pride have a freaking sense of urgency know where we're at have some pride into who we're playing for and why we do this and uh and then and then go find a way to win as a team that's my challenge to every single person in that building this week is that and and so uh, yesterday was flat out embarrassing Um, and and uh, our guys know it. That, I'm not telling you something they don't know. They know it. But we're gonna we're gonna step up, and uh, all coaches, all players, and we got five games left. So um, for us, it's our own personal challenge as to where we're at and how we're going to do this thing. But that performance yesterday um, is uh, is ridiculous and 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 can't happen. And and obviously that starts with me.
2: And obviously that starts with me, Matt Nagy. And here I am giving that type of speech following the bye week, following an ugly loss to your rival, Green Bay Packers, who have had your number for uh, the past 20 years or whatever it's been. It's felt like 20 years, if not longer, DJ, um, since I've been following the team. I'm 25. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it's nice. You know, I mean, that that sounds good in all, DJ, but that sounds like the same shit that you hear Week in and week out following these ugly losses, you know, Matt Nagy, you know, he he answers the media's question, which you love. I respect it. But, you know, to hear the same thing over and over again, oh, we know what we have to do. We know what we have to go over and we know we know what we have to correct. We'll go back and correct it, man, because now your job's on the line. Now now we're really getting down to the to the to the gritty because, uh, you know, especially after a Packers loss. Um, you know, you got bears fans all over there. They're, they you know, you already know DJ. I mean, they're, they're, they're calling for some people's jobs here in the windy city. Um,
0: yeah, you can imagine. Um, the national media doing the same thing because after a bye week prime time game, you look that bad. You, you gotta start asking. Um, I think the red, the, 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 the funny thing about that whole thing when he was saying, because I think all coaches will do that. They'll every coach. All right. Now again, when you say every coach, you're not talking about every coach. You're talking about a, a specific coach, but you're gonna say every coach, but that coach know who you're talking to. All right. Every player. It's not every player, but again, those players, those players understand um who you um who you talking to. I've always um, been taught like you always say me first. It's always my fault first. He did it the reverse. It was your fault. And then at the end, he was like, let me sneak it in. And then I got to do better too. Bye. You know what I mean? So it's just like, well, no, like you start with me because the buck starts and ends with me. Like, well, we can't have that. Well, you didn't seem that passionate about when your offense has always struggled or when you haven't been able to call the right plays. Yeah, we understand you're deficient at offensive line. You you knew that. Like, you knew that. Like, you know, you. these are things you know. But, again, like, how do you get into a situation where I get guys open? Right? I figure out new ways and unique ways to make plays and not send Mooney out on a one-man route. The safety don't have nowhere else to go. Like, he's going to pick it off it makes sense like I, I it, it's hard to it's just hard to just sit here and not only watch the game but then after the game hear him talk about the team like 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 that's you like like it's it's like me'm i I'm, I'm tell you like if I'm in the house arguing or something you know what I mean and I'm telling my kids to pick something up like why do you put that down now? But at the end of the day, it's like, who fault? Oh, you know what? I actually put that down. That was my fault. Right. Coach, it's on you, man. Like, that is on you. So don't come out there and, and put it on everybody else when it, it's on you. It's on me. And I love when Coach said, you know what? That's, that's my fault. That's on me. You keep that inside the locker room. Now, when we come to the, you know what? That's on me. That's on me. We're going to get it together. You go in the locker room, you can do all that. Hey, Coach. Coach. Uh, Chuck. That was shitty, Chuck. That was media. That's on me, baby. Say, hey, Mitch. Uh, you did all right at times, but you need a little bit more. Offensive line, damn. We got to get a whole new one. But we got y'all, so let's do this thing. Media. Oh, no, that's on me. That's on me. So um, it's going to be fairly interesting, I think, because if you keep playing this bad, you have to just, at some point, like, do you drag it out? Right. Like, do I drag it out, the inevitable? If the relationship over with, it's over
2: with. Go get you a new dude, man. This one, we got to figure something else out. We got to do something else. Come on. Yeah. Of course, uh, you know, uh, the Bears have never fired a, a coach or, or a GM for that matter. In season. But uh, again, I mean, the the fan base certainly is calling for it. It's always after these ugly losses against the Green Bay Packers, DJ. But um, let's go ahead and move on to our guest uh, as we are now joined by former Chicago Bears wide receiver, former teammate of yours, DJ. Uh, He's Earl Bennett. Used to go by, of course, Agent Orange. Um, Earl Bennett joins the show now. and, And we really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening, Earl. Um, it's, it's always disappointing, uh, when the bears drop a game to the rival team up North, uh, that that's something, unfortunately, this fan base has somewhat gotten used to gotten very familiar with over the years, um, especially as of recent, but when it comes in the fashion, um, that it did last night, 41, 25, I I've said it a number of times already that that game wasn't as close as that scoreboard indicated at the final, uh, you know, once the uh final uh, uh fourth quarter hit all zeros. Um, you know, and now it's gotten to a point where uh, uh people, media, fan base, whatever, they're they're calling for jobs, whether it's Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, Ted Phillips, the whole three, you know, the whole three Stooges as they like to call them. Uh what, what was your take, Earl, on, on the ugly showing last night by the beloved Bears?
4: Yeah, I think when you look at the Chicago Bears team, it's evident that they don't have an identity on the offense. Uh, defensively, you're starting to see guys that are really, you know, they're tired because they, they are out on the field a lot. The time of possession is evident and you have an offense that can't move the ball. If I'm Khalil Mack, I'm disgusted. I'm ready to get up out of Chicago because I know I only got a few couple prime years left in me to be able to make the impact that I've been doing. So when you look at the entire offense, you look at the the issues that the offensive line, look at the issues that quarterback most importantly, you just trying to figure out what does the future hold at the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears, and me personally, I, I think you you try to get a veteran presence there. But is that guy out there? Is, is there a, a quarterback that the Chicago Bears can go out and get and bring in and say, "Hey, this is our guy. We're going to draft the guy, groom him." Because if you try to you know draft one of those guys that isn't Trevor Lawrence, you're you're going to be back in the same position, and you don't want to be there again. So. I think you like you have to do something. You got to make a splash play here this offseason, Try to get somebody in. But most important, that offensive line. I mean, they're just atrocious. You, I mean, you got to find somebody that wants to come in and do their job. And is that evident that those guys they have, they they can't do it. They can't keep the quarterback upright. They can't really create holes for uh, Montgomery to run. And I mean, it, it's bad. It's bad in Chicago. I will say that this has to be probably the worst. Offense that I've seen in Chicago Bears probably past 15 20 years, I would say, just because they're they aren't able to really push the ball downfield, they don't have an identity. I mean, even with Kyle Orton and Rex Grossman, they were good at play action. You know, you had Cedric Benson and those guys, uh, Thomas Davis that could run the ball. Now, I mean, you don't have anything, you have Allen Robinson, and, and that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, well. My thing would be like, so if you're the GM, you're running pace, all right? We know we need change. We need line. We need quarterback. Like, what? What's the first move you
4: making? Well, how do how do you how do you get there? Yeah, I think the first move you got to make is you, you got to be honest with yourself. That's what we're not seeing. We we see these guys. They they're trying to place the blame on you know the team and their their lack of execution. But you got to realize that these are your guys now. These aren't guys that, you know, you've taken over from John Fox. These are your guys now. And you've had, you know, over the past couple of four, three, four years to really submit yourself as a, a top GM in the draft, in the offseason. And you've yet to do it. So I think moving forward, the first thing to do is you, you have to get offensive linemen. Second, the quarterback. I mean, can you can you win games with those two guys? I mean, you could, you could, but Nick Foles, he's been very injury prone. And Mitch Trubisky can't throw the ball, you know, past 10, 15 yards. So defense is just going to stack the boss, so They're going to wait for you to run a ball and they're going to force Mitch to, you know, win games for you. So I think first and foremost, you got to slow up the offensive line. Then you look at the quarterback position. As I mentioned, this this year's draft, there's really one guy that you can point to and say he's the guy. After that, it's just, you know, a a bunch of guys that that could be. You have the the kid from Alabama with Jones. You have Cal from Florida. I mean, I don't really like those guys because you look at their offense, they have 10 to 15 guys that are probably going to be top uh, two rounds pick. I mean, you have Tony. You have Pitts. I mean, you have all these type of playmakers. And so I don't really see those two guys being immediate impacts in the NFL to where you know, I really can't call out a veteran quarterback that you can go get and say, hey, slide this guy in and let him, you know, groom these other kids. So it's going to be tough sledding for the Chicago Bears here these next couple of years at the quarterback position. But I do think they have a good running back with David Montgomery. You probably want to add another back that's a little bit more power. Should have kept Jordan Howard in my opinion because he was one of those guys that get you those tough two, three yards and i mean at, at the receiver position i do like those guys i think they do i think they do a pretty good job uh, miller dropped a lot of passes for me but other than that i think i think they're pretty stable but definitely got to get the offensive line going
2: let's well, stick with the wide receiver position earl i'm curious to get some of your more in-depth uh, expertise uh, on these wide receivers uh specifically the two i guess wild cards i guess you can kind of call them as of right now anthony miller and uh, rookie fifth-round pick Darnell Mooney. We, we know Allen Robinson comes out week in and week out. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It could be Foles. It could be Trubisky. Um, he's going to produce, although uh, he's had some questionable drops this year. Nonetheless, he, he usually finds a way to make up for it. He had two touchdowns yesterday. Um, but when it comes to Mooney and when it comes to Anthony Miller, uh, Earl, I, I mean, it seems like one of these guys' arrow is pointing upward. Darnell Mooney, the rookie fifth-round draft pick out of Tulane, and then uh, Anthony Miller um, seems like his arrow is kind of pointing downward uh, since leading this team with eight touchdown receptions as a rookie a couple of years ago. He just hasn't been able to produce um, the past season and a half, um, at least not as much as expected. He's kind of he's kind of let some people down there. It seems like. Um, you know, it, it, of course, it's going to be tough when, when this offense is struggling as a whole. You, you can't, uh, you know, get, get a quarterback in the groove. Um, but w- when it comes to those two guys, I mean, what kind of advice, What what's the ceiling you see for these two guys? I mean, I think a lot of people are, you know, he, Darnell Mooney is one of the very few bright spots on the offensive side of the football this season. Then Anthony Miller, I, I think a lot of people are still very questionable about.
4: Yeah, I think when you look at Mooney, he's a, a deep threat. You can attack the defense vertically. And unfortunately for him, he don't have a guy that can get him the ball. Uh when that is your strong suit, that's you need somebody to push you the ball. And, and right now they don't have anybody. Yes, he's fast. You know, he he he's dynamic, he's explosive, but if you can't get the ball in your hand, none of that really matters. And I think as he continues to progress to work on some of his intermediate routes, I think he will be a really good wide receiver for the Chicago Bears for time to come. Anthony Miller, I mean, he he is more of an intermediate guy, a really good footwork, get in and out of his breaks very well, really good after the catch. For him, it's consistency. That has been probably his biggest knock his entire career is that can he put together a stream of games to where he gets more confident with catching the ball, understanding the offense, knowing where to be, and just his overall IQ of defenses because there are some times where, you know, maybe he can pop in this hole, pop in that one. When you're looking at coverages, understanding where the sweet spots are. And so, yeah, expectations were high with him being a second-round pick. And, I mean, just the lack of continuity at the quarterback position kind of, you know, stirs that a little bit. Because when you do have a number one receiver like Allen Robinson, what happens with the quarterback? He's going to stare at that. he, he's That's his that's his first read every single time. And unless guys, you know, really come in and have a quarterback guru to help groom these guys that they got. As I mentioned, you got to have somebody else to come in and try to spread the well. I mean, those guys, they are dynamic. They can make plays out after, after the catch, but none of that matters if you don't have anybody to get them the ball, as I mentioned – Mooney he I mean he's he's gonna be really good in his league but that really good could go to invisible very fast if you don't have anybody to get him the ball and I'm talking about really fast I've seen these happen multiple times with you know my time in Chicago where there are guys that can run very fast but we didn't have anybody to get doing the ball so definitely got to make sure that you are Cognizant of what needs to happen for these young wide receivers to excel and take their game to the next level,
0: and, and when I look at it, and even the routes that run, I think are fine. But I think at times it's just the offensive coordinator is not not setting up a scheme for them to succeed. It's like, well, if I'm really fast, my route don't got to really be that crisp. Like you gonna back up, and I'm gonna devise a scheme. When you watch Kansas City, he comes from Kansas City. Like, what do we want? We want that offense over here. We have people who can run. Yes, we have people who can catch. Yes, you got tight ends who can run and catch. But our play just looks so simple. Like, everything just looks simple. And I talked about it, I think, a couple of weeks ago against the Vikings. I felt like having Peterson in the backfield should have been a good thing. You can split him out. Well, does the linebacker follow him? If he doesn't, you can – if it's man-to-man, now you can run it. You can go empty. You can do a lot. But it's like, you know what? I'm going to just leave him back here in the hand and the ball. I'm like, man, you got to be more creative. And we just – we don't have it. Even with Mooney, it's a one-man route. Like, I we play action, first down. Do a boot. Play action, first down. You get another one. Play action, first down, go deep. Like, come on, man, like – this is the NFL. And that's that's offensive play. That's that's offensive play calling. Like you have to, you have to grow as a coach as well as players. But if the coach doesn't grow, like you said, some of the best players I've ever played against, they just been practice players. They were awesome. But for some odd reason, whatever the coach was, or wherever they was at, wasn't wasn't figuring out a way to, to get them to be the best person they could be. And for me, just watching it, especially off, he's not bringing out the best in anybody on offense. Anybody.
4: Anybody. Every every apple from the the tree isn't delicious. And we're starting to see that because, you know, coming from that Andrew Reed tree, we we, we expect uh, Matt Nagy to to be delicious. We We expect him to have those, you know, plays that just blow us away and just sweep us off our feet and just, like where did that come from? You know, we we got kind of sucked into his first year. I can recall that Santa Santa Slay play was probably one of the best play that I've ever seen in my uh, career. And from there, it's like Santa just retired and, and left his sleigh, and just he's vacationing like in the, in the tropics somewhere. So it, it it's very disheartening to see an offense struggle to this magnitude because you understand what could be, especially with this defense. You don't need a lot, and it's just not happening. And so when he when he relegated himself and, and gave the, the play call to the offensive core, coordinator, that was a scapegoat. I mean, you see this all the time. He's basically saying, I'm taking the blame off of me, and, and I'm putting it on somebody else. So when the offensive coordinator and they had a, a bad out and he was like, uh, it ain't me. You know what I mean? It's like you're essentially telling all 31 other teams in the NFL that, hey, look, it, it ain't me. It, it's these guys that I got. And so when you have a coach like that, it just makes it that more difficult to, to really play for. Like, I would never want Mike March to be like, all right, I'm going to hand this play card dude over to somebody else when that's his job. Like, that is your job. Your job each week is to make sure that everybody get the ball, to make sure that you understand what it's going to take to at least keep us in a game. As you guys mentioned, those points at the Green Bay game, those are garbage points. Like even Kevin Keene, the interception that he dropped, I don't know what type of fade, whatever Mitch was throwing, but the ball went right through his hand. And I think they ended up run, uh, throwing the, uh, the screen to montgomery and he scored yeah they switched on that one they that that just they that just I, I seen that he just fooled him yeah but as a quarterback you have to see that a lot of times when he's throwing the ball it's like the coaches are already telling him just throw it right just throw it and see what happened the one deep ball he threw that had three guys around him and, and you hear the commentator say yeah they you know they, they they're they telling them to take shots now you know you want to push the ball down the field, just take chances My man, you don't take a chance when there's three on one. I mean, you just check it down and you live to see another day. But you can tell they're like, hey, Mitch, just throw it. And he's not going through a lot of reads. He's just throwing the ball up. I mean, it it looks bad for him to be a number two quarterback. I mean, number two overall player in a draft and to have no IQ on coverages and, and ball placement. This this gonna this gonna sting for some time. Well, he only played like what? They only started for that one year. If yeah, I think he played, played sixteen so, games.
0: Yeah, so that to me that goes into like now you saw there again in shorts. I can throw the ball, you know what I mean. So again, that's up to the GM to say you know what will this guy work out. But again, when he was, it seemed like when he first got here, when Glennon was starting over him, he seemed like. That guy, like, I man, he looks good. Like you, essentially forcing him out for you to be the guy, and then it just kind of he was going, he was ticking up just a little bit at a time, and then it went. Yeah,
4: yeah that's the business aspect of it, DJ. You know, you you pay a guy like Roy Williams who came in at one year, you give him what three million dollars, and you have Johnny Knox who's right on the verge of, of you know hitting a thousand yards, and you're like, all right, Johnny, you're on second team now, and Roy is the starter. I mean, it's kind of like, what happened? Well, what happened is that this guy's making more money than you, you got to take a back seat. So yeah. that's pretty much what you know. What's hap- what happened with Glennon. I don't think they gave him a fair shot. You know, a lot of people talk about, him, you know, Glennon is, man, he's that. Man, he was okay. Like I, like, I would take him over Nick Foles. Like, to be honest, Nick Foles is, is, has been injury riddled. I mean, he's bounced around on multiple teams. He's a solid quarterback, but I think he's a quarterback that only can work under Doug Peterson. Like that's his guy, you know. And when you have your guy and people you work with very well, that's who you want to be with. You don't want to be with nobody else. And as I mentioned, that 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 apple just not delicious when it when it comes to Matt Nagy. It's not like Doug Peterson. Like they're struggling right now, but I mean the guy won the Super Bowl, you know. Andy Reid, Super Bowl, they, and, and he continues to win. So. If you look at probably the next three games that the Bears have, I mean, they, they're in trouble. I mean, they are in serious trouble.
2: They are. They are. And uh, of course, they're already on a five game losing streak, uh, five and six on the season after starting the year, five and one, Earl. And again, we're chatting with Earl Bennett. Of course, we got former Bear DJ Moore here as well. I'm Chris Shanifel. And, uh, you know, Earl, it, it always seems like, you know, specifically back when you were playing for the Bears, shooting up for the uh navy blue and orange, it, it seemed like the Bears offense was always average or, or you know, right around you know, you know, uh, 15th ranked in the league, um, you know, almost smack dab average in the league. Um, this season they're averaging 19 points per game, that's 31st in the NFL, just ahead of the winless New York Jets. Um, and of course, when you're suiting up for the Bears, Earl, I mean, you, you can bring up Ron Turner, um, Mike Martz, Mike, T- I mean, it always seemed like somebody, you know, there's always a switch up at offensive play caller. Mark Tressman, of course, there, your last year here in 2013, um, you know, now we're kind of at like an all-time low as you said I mean you can't remember when a Bears offense didn't produce the way that this this Bears offense has been going out there to start this season and, and of course it's all under the the guru Matt Nagy of course he's uh two games in now uh after uh, uh handing off the play calling duties to Bill Lazor offensive coordinator um you touched on it earlier we got to we got to get some more guys on the offensive line We we got to protect the quarterback we got to get the quarterback we got to get we got to get that position right first and foremost but uh you know when you're looking at Matt Nagy like I said I mean the the seat is hot for Matt Nagy especially after yesterday's loss um just how deep do these issues on the offensive side of the ball really go when when looking at the head coach
4: I think it goes very deep (laughs) when you I mean and it's evident because apple core deep (laughs) you had (laughs) you had Mitch come out last season and he kind of hit on it, you know, like, no, like it ain't me. Like, like he's, he's not letting me be me. Like he's not letting me do the things that I excel at. He they're asking me to do other things and I'm working, I'm trying to do it. And you could tell there was some tension between their relationship. So for them to come out during the, during the springtime and say, Mitch is our guy, he's our starting quarterback. But then you bring in Nick Foles, it's like, I don't really think they believe in this kid. And it's evident they just brought Nick Foles in. And so you go two games, two and a half games. And I mean, the kid, you know, they're winning games and he's not really playing that well. And now all of a sudden you make a quarterback switch against the Falcons who plays man to man every single play, which is very intriguing because they don't have the personnel to do it and you know the bears wide receiver they just running by guys so nick Foles is just like hey run to the middle of the field i'll throw it there and you know they end up winning the game so when you look at some of the things that are said from the head coach when you look at some of the things that are said from the players when you look at the body language i don't think matt nagy has his locker room anymore i mean clubbed up was fun two years ago now it, the club has been shut down, and the inspector has said, "Like, hey man, it's, we we got to board this thing up, but we need to sell asap." And when you just look at some of the you know issues that they have during the game, some of the misalignments and the, the play calling—I mean, it, it's just like that scatter plot that's just all over the place, man. Like, it, it's just hit or miss, and they're always looking for. You know, obviously the, those those home run plays, but I mean, they're just not there. I mean, you got to lead up those things. You got to have guys that you know run the ball effectively. You, you got to draw those linebackers up, and you're not doing that. So, I think when you do look at this team, Matt Nagy, he is. I mean, he's in high waters right now, and it's not looking good for him to return next year. Yeah, and when I'm looking at it, it's just. For, for, for me coming
0: from Pace's angle, I like a little map. I think you got to go. Like if you want to get offensive linemen, there's somebody there. You can get some – you can find pass rushers. You can just find some guys that will play hard because I'd rather lose 42 to 41 than the game be like 17 to 13 because they don't want it like that. Like you have to find a way. We talked about receivers. Allen Robinson, I can't even pay you. It's a waste of time to pay you when I don't have other stuff. You just got to go and catch the ball from somebody else. Like we got to get the offensive line. And, and how are we going to do that? Well, either we got to let you go or you pay Quinn. You got another defense in. you only, you only going to have one get paid. Somebody else got to go. Um, I love the safety. He's really good. But, again, can you find safety in a lot of places? Ha ha Clint Dicks to me personally outplayed him last year. Now he got paid because he earned it from the previous year. But again, like you got to start looking at shuffling things around because if not, you got to go back to ground zero. And like, like we're one, we're like an inch away from like starting it all over again. Because if you don't have a quarterback now, you can't draft one next year, then what you know what? Man, I think we need to lose all the games because I don't know who's the Who's a prospect after this, Trevor Lawrence? And the next year, is always somebody who emerges. Like you got to find that person. And in the game last night, it was evident. Oh, well, I, I, we've had Brett Favre and we had Aaron Rodgers, and then we had. But that's why you are going to lose if you don't have if you don't have the guy. And even if you play defense all day, you can stop them all day, and all of a sudden. There's a tech like we can't Like, we gotta figure out something. And to me, if I'm the GM, like listen, man, we don't have to, we got to I'm sorry, we're gonna have to lose a little bit. The fans are always come to the game. That's what they're gonna do. They're gonna come, they'll boo you, but they'll pay for hot dogs, they'll come. But listen, it's it's time to me, it's time, you know what? Time to dismount and try to build up, build it from the ground up or something. I'm gonna I mean, go out
4: on the limb and say they're gonna go and get Sam Darner in the offseason.
2: It's been a rumor, or you know, not really a rumor, but it's been floated out there.
4: And it's going to be a bad decision. <laughs> it's going to be a very bad decision. And first off, I, I have no clue why they signed Jim and Graham to so much money. That that was a waste of money. You could have used that on the offensive line. And then you, I, after you signed Jim and Graham, you use your second round pick on a tight end, and you're struggling at the offensive line position. I mean, there are so many guys that you could have drafted at this slot that would have made way more sense and and give you some type of stability on the offensive line. But, I mean, you got two tight ends that aren't really producing because you don't have the quarterback or the offensive line to get those guys the ball. And when you look at the defensive side of the ball, yeah, you you got some those are some heavy hitters over there. I'm And I'm talking about in terms of salary cap. Those are some real heavy hitters. And you got to figure out, you know, what. What I'm going to do in uh, in terms of you know moving forward, because I mean Robert Quinn, man, you're you're making a ton of money, you're making a lot of money. So I mean Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack, he he isn't going anywhere. Then you got to think about Roquan Smith, his time is about to be up. You just paid Danny Trevathan, I mean Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson. I mean you pay all these guys a lot of money, more over half your salary cap is on the defensive side of the ball, so you know you, you got to make some moves somebody got to go on the defensive side if you want to make you know a splash in free agency and you know hopefully get some picks in return too but we'll see what happens
2: yeah yeah we we will so uh, that that's something that's been floated out there we got uh Tabaria asking why would Sam Darnold be a bad decision um that's a good friend of mine. He's a Jets fan. He knows why Sam Darnold will be a bad decision. He's watching the last couple of years. I, I that's think that.
4: that's why. <laughs> Any quarterback that says like he's seeing ghosts is bad, and that means that he's not seeing the whole field. You, you don't see the defenders. You don't understand coverage very well. You can't read the hots, and you don't know what's going on. So, anytime you got a quarterback like that, you don't want him in no system. Now, you could be the Tannehill guy, you know, that whole front, but we
0: don't have the offensive line and the running back for that. Now, me, I would say I'm a Matt Ryan fan. Um, I think he understands offense. Now, Atlanta, is since the Super Bowl, they've just been cursed. They'll beat a really good team, and then they'll lose to the, the Bengals, and then they'll be – if you put them in the playoffs, I feel like they'll win the Super Bowl, but they just can't get enough wins to get back. Um, so I think he's a guy um, that's going at some point. I don't know. I don't know any other veteran quarterbacks that's going to be uh, Matthew Stafford could be available. Yeah, he he's been trash since since day one. <laughs> I, I don't even know how. And I think it's more so skin color than anything else. I don't know how he that
4: quarterback he would be at Walmart. Is there a little bias <laughs> from the altercation <laughs> that you all had? I feel like I feel like there's some still some animosity there that you may want to see him in a ring. No, 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 I wouldn't do that. You, you, it's a lose-lose situation, baby. You, <laughs> you, get, you just don't, you
0: just don't. Get, but no, he's just he's played so long and they haven't won. But don't nobody say it's your don't nobody say it's your fault. It's like well, you're the you you a supposed to be a perennial quarterback. Why can't you get it done? It seems like every other quarterback gets it done, and cars come from college and they get it done. But you're here with this team and they're building around you. You have Megatron, you can't get it done you If you can't get it done with Megatron, there's no need for you to try to get it done anywhere. Else. <laughs> you know what I mean, so to me, now him and Matt Ryan, I think are comparable, but again, I would lean more towards man, Ryan Because I think that marriage is over with. Again, like you're saying, Stafford is over. Well, that may be, maybe what have you do now? He can throw it. He can read defenses. He does have the big arm to go downfield, so it it may work. I mean, he has the tools, but you can't have potential until you're 94. It just doesn't. It turns into something else after that.
2: Earl, I think you might be on to something, man. We, we might need to call HBO. I mean, we've we seen a, a, a former pro ball player, Nate Robinson, get in the ring this past weekend. we got to work up the, the, the DJ Moore, Matt, Matt Stafford, uh, HBO event as soon as possible. Uh, Earl, last one for me, and then we'll let you go. Really appreciate your time. Um, last night's loss to the Green Bay Packers, it, it marked the seventh straight year where the Bears have lost coming out of their bye week. Um, They've only won three out of now the last 21 matchups against the Green Bay Packers. And now uh, this week, they they have to prepare for another division opponent, those Detroit Lions, led by Matthew Stafford. Of course, they just um, cleaned house last week, firing their GM, Bob Quinn, as well as their head coach, uh, Matt Patricia. Um, We played a clip earlier before you joined us, Earl. Uh, Matt Matt Nagy said that they got to hold each other accountable um you know it's kind of been the same same song and dance after every loss uh, in the Matt Nagy era you know a regular coach talk you're 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 used to hearing it um Eddie Jackson he's been a guy that has spoken up recently in the locker room um but but is there really anything that can be said to light a spark within this team right now i mean they've lost 5 in a row um they're 5 and 6 now they have a losing record now they're taking on the Detroit Lions, who they, they very easily could have and maybe they should have lost to them if not a drop pass by the rookie running back uh, DeAndre Swift there late in the game uh, week one to start the season. Is there anything that could be said? Is there anything that could be done from now until Sunday that could light a spark in this uh, Bears team that have lost five in a row?
4: Yeah, this isn't a, a, a skid. This this is a losing streak. I mean, you guys lost five straight games, and you're trying to figure out how do we turn this around. And honestly, I, I don't see a way to really get back on track in terms of offensive production because you just don't have what it takes to put up those type of points. I mean, as you mentioned, at 31st in the league in points, you're not going to compete with a lot of people on that level. I mean, yeah, the defense, they're doing well. You know, that's you know, they can hold they can hold teams to 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 21, 25 points. But there are some times where teams are just gonna light it up and you have to be able to match their intensity because this is an offense-driven league now. And if you don't have that arsenal, you don't have the offensive line to be able to score and really impact the game like you should, that defense is gonna get tired. They're gonna get worn out, man. Hakeem Hicks, your best player, Paul Hammy. That comes from being tired. Like the body gets worn out, and you don't have those guys to to really make those impacts. And so honestly, yeah, you hear those coaches, they say everybody needs to hold themselves accountable. Everybody go look in the mirror. Look in the mirror and tell yourself, We're just not that good this year. Yeah. And it's it
0: again, it's frustrating. Well, I remember, and I can compare it. I remember we was in college and um I forgot what the offensive coordinator name was. Um, Ted Kane. Yes, and he gave up his play calling to Kaiser. I was like, okay. You know what? On third and three, we're not going to run. A third and six, we're not going to run this this damn out route. Please, we're not going to do it again. Do it again. Pick six. like, when you hand it out, like, it's still the same stuff. It's like, why is Mitch on the center running play action when – He's not the guy that's going to read the defense. Go no huddle. You go no huddle. Normally, at the end of the games, he do fine because, or at like at the end of the half, it's like, man, it look easy. Well, because there's no huddle. They have to stay in the same coverage. You can't do all <laughs> the disguises. Like, make it easy for them. Look at the Ravens. Lamar, you make it easy. Like, hey, we're going to do this. You're going to run. You're going to have, like, four people within three yards of you. Juke somebody. Figure it out. You have to make your offense conducive for the players that you have. And if you can see that, listen, man, this is a college – give them a college offense. Don't get tricky. I don't need to be on the center with with, with my, my, uh, my, um, my uh, receiver back here in I formation, man. Like spread them out. Go empty and let him be the running back. Run around. If they don't blitz anybody, if they do, throw it to where the blitz coming from. If they don't, man, figure it out like try try new Don't, like put the a new office corner oh yeah I, like i ain't calling plays but i really am telling you i like this play right here but then after the game blame it on look that
4: offense look bad like that's your fucking offense man it's your stuff it reminds, like, yeah, <laughs> reminds me of the high school coach yeah it reminds me of high school coach like you know what i just got those 22 guys they're just not very good <laughs> Oh no! You gotta tell the truth sometimes like that, but you, yeah, <laughs> some some
0: some gotta give. Man. You gotta just try some. My thing is just try new. Just try something new. If you try something new, I be like, you know what? They try.
4: Yeah, and yeah. you know, my six years in the league, I, I will say the the best offense are the simplest one. And playing with um, uh, Mark Trussell. That that was probably one of the simplest offenses that I've ever seen in my life, and I mean Mark Trestman playing with the offense was, was the simplest in my life, but it was very effective. I, we were top ten in the offense that year just because we were able to make explosive plays. But when you look at his offensive playbook, there's nothing about it where you would be like, "Oh wow, these are some great plays. Oh this is this is fantastic." I used to look at him like, oh, this is this is it like this is all we got going, you know, coming from Mike Mars when you exploding in motion and doing all this trickery. No, like all we were doing was switch releasing every single thing. And it was just so simple. We were run, all go from a bunch uh, from a bunch formation. So everybody would just switch positions like instead of the outside guy running the, the, the go route from his position. He switched with the the point guy and, and run the seam. And it and it all worked. It, it just because it was simple. Everybody just knew what to do. It, it was, you know, it was very evident and, and it allows for the coverage to, you know, show itself uh fairly easy. But when you got a guy like Matt Nagy that think he's his wizard, things get complicated. It gets tough, especially when you don't have a, a veteran quarterback that's able to, you know, decipher and break down coverages. It, it's gonna get tough. And Man, as I mentioned, these next three games, if they don't get these, we may be on the brink of seeing the first Chicago
2: Bear head coach fired during the season. It very well could could be. I mean, uh, and and as you said, I mean, sometimes, what's the saying? Uh, Keep it simple, stupid. I mean, sometimes you got to just keep it simple. Sometimes, um, you know, and and as we know, Matt Nagy, uh, he likes to get cute in in a lot of these things. Uh, Like you said, Santa's sleigh, one of the best plays I've ever seen. Uh, haven't seen much else uh, 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 from this offense since, um, but uh, Earl, really appreciate you taking the time. DJ, anything else for Earl before we let him go?
0: No, man, just appreciate it. You come back anytime. We on here all the time, random. Random, we call it pop up. We just pop up. Oh yeah,
4: oh, yeah. pop up show. <laughs> yeah, man, I appreciate y'all having me. Like I said, anytime, man, I, I'll talk bad. It's just, it's just hard, and you know, they're on a the losing streak, and you know, you, you got the Lions, you got the Texans coming up. You know, those two games are going to be important and Deshaun Watson is killing it. I see Will Fuller, he he just tried to try to cheat the system a little bit, stay healthy, but he, he's gonna miss the next six games. And so uh it, it's just you gotta do better. And, and we'll see what they do with the Lions, you know, losing, you know, firing their head coach. But I actually think they're gonna be better without him.
2: It very well could be. Uh interim coaches now Daryl Bevel. Uh, their offensive coordinator, former offensive coordinator at uh, Seattle, former head coach at the University of Wisconsin, I believe. Um, Earl, really appreciate you taking the time this evening, man. It's been a lot of fun chatting. Uh, good to uh, get your take on, on uh, some Bears news. Uh, it's been a while. I know you used to do your thing with ProSoul Media. Now this Bears team even uh, stopped you from doing that. Can't even have any fun anymore.
4: <laughs> yeah, man,
2: It. Well, well, the whole pro style
4: and thank you guys for having me too. But the whole pro style media thing, I will pick it back up. I don't know if DJ shared with you. I'm actually uh, pursuing my PhD right now. I'll be uh, graduating not this year coming up, but 22. So I just had some deadlines that I had to hit. I've been writing, writing. Got a couple books I'm going to release once you know I, I finish up this program. But that's what I've been focused on. But I do think next season I will pick pro style. Um, you know podcast back up just because i'll be you know for a long i'll be at that last stage of my dissertation and should be good
2: sounds good earl really appreciate it man have a good rest of your evening thanks you too all right dj there he goes earl bennett former bears wide receiver uh, a former teammate of yours uh with the chicago bears were you guys were you guys teammates at vanderbilt as well dj
0: yeah for i think it was two years so when i came Think, well the yeah, I think he was a sophomore. so yeah for two years it was
2: cool. And then we got probably much closer when we when we got to Chicago. And of course he's uh, when he left Vanderbilt, uh, left after three seasons, he was the all-time leader uh, in receiving categories uh, in the SEC history. So whenever you're able to do that, especially at Vanderbilt, I mean uh, that tells you something went on to have a very good career here with the Chicago Bears at one point was Jay Cutler's go-to guy. Uh, on the offensive side of the football, and as I uh, mentioned in the opening, Agent Orange, um, famous for his agent uh, his orange cleats, of course, uh, got fined a couple of times uh, for wearing them, and the story was that Jay Cutler uh, paid those fines, or, or at least one of them. Um, but you know, speaking of Vanderbilt, DJ, uh, they're another another team making some changes. I mean, they they had the positive, um, you know, media over the weekend on Saturday. They had the the female kicker uh, making an appearance, and she made a, a decent squib kick for the team there late in the game. It was a 42-0 loss against Missouri. Um, following that loss, they ended up uh, firing their head coach, Derek Mason. Have you been uh, keeping up with Vanderbilt football any uh, yeah, lately? Um, just-
0: I think, yeah, a little bit. Um, now, when they switched the schedule to all SEC games, did you think they was going to win it? No, nah, I didn't. Um, I think a lot of times you want to just be competitive. Like when I was there, we would you know, we would probably start four or five and oh because we'll play out of conference and then we'll end up four and eight or something. Um, and then every other every other year, you know, you win some games, but it was always competitive. We were normally really good, kind of like we were normally really really good on defense, really good, and then offense would kind of struggle a little bit. So we, I and mean, that's that's how it's been since. I was there, I think, since I left, I think the year before, then they was good on offense, but then it was a reverse <laughs> with the defense. But Dan Mason was a defensive coach. And if you're a defensive coach, well, I expect the defense to be good. And McNaggy, if you're an offensive coach, I expect your offense to be good. And if you can't be good where well, you're supposed to be good, by guess. You know what I mean? So again. He's not a bad coach. I, I can't call anybody a bad coach. I mean, I coach basketball, and sometimes I've been in the little summer leagues and my girls out there playing, and we losing 43 to nothing. Like you just on the sideline, like there's nothing I can do. Like, I don't like, we can't dribble and they full court pressing. Chris, I can't get we can't get it up the court. They're looking at me like, I don't know, like you can't, you can't dribble, you can't pass. You probably gonna lose 60, 70 to nothing. We'll talk about it. We'll look out wounds, and we'll figure it out. You got to learn how to. You got to learn how to dribble and pass. But it's just one of those things. Especially in the National Football League, man, you gotta you got to be able to keep the locker room. Um, and I think one thing that Lovey was always able to do was he. Uh, you normally played really, really, really hard all the time. The games out. Of hand, it's it never. Even if it was out of hand, it didn't look. Like, oh, man, they are still playing hard. Now, again, you had guys like Erlacher, and, like, they wouldn't stand for that. Like, he just wouldn't. Just like, hey, man, you'll go, and you be like, hey, no, 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 like, we ain't doing this. We're going to have to figure something out. Or you'll be out there getting beat, playing cover, too. Erlacher, nah, he'll change. Like, hey, no, no, we ain't doing this. Like, we got to do something else. Like, you have people that that are accountable for the team, and I don't know. Now, Khalil Madigan can be that guy. on defense. I don't know how much he talks. But, again, somebody has to step up and say, like, in the game, in the moment, like, hey, man, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because I've been part of a game where Aaron Rodgers come out. Let's go 14 nothing, Like, oh, nope, can't do that no more. We got to figure something out. Um, And then, boom, he ceased to stop, stop scoring. last The other night, like, if it seemed like if he wanted to, it's like when you playing, like, I don't know, The computer on easy and your receivers real fast. You just going it deep or something, or the old two K college football games where if you got a really good team and they're really fast, there's nothing you can do. If the other team playing with Vandy or whatever, it's just like ooh. So (sighs) he's probably not a bad coach, but in this particular time, in this particular, on this particular planet. It just ain't working, right? It just ain't working. You know, you gonna wait for it to work? Typically, probably not. So, I think it's time. Honestly, I think it's time. I just like when it happened like that. It just, it's, it's just. I think it's just time. It just got to figure something out. We gotta, you gotta go searching, man. You just gotta, you just gotta, just gotta go.
2: Yeah, and uh you know going back looking at the Bears again, they they've lost 5 in a row. Now they're getting ready for the Detroit Lions um must-win game obviously. I mean, the last 3 weeks we we've said it must-win games.
0: And <laughs> no, no no, this is one. <laughs> if you lose to the Lions who fired their coach GM, this could do it. This should do it. If you want, it's like in the SEC, if you're about to get fired, know you need to lose to, Vandy, you're gone. That's it. I'm just saying. If you lose to Vandy and you're in the hot seat, your ass is burned. And if you lose to the Detroit Lions, who are the Vanderbilt of, <laughs> of the division, look good randomly, have a quarterback randomly that throw interceptions, it's the same. If you lose to the Detroit Lions, ain't nowhere in the hill.
2: There's no way. Are you making that prediction right now? Do, do you think so? You're You're saying they, it should happen. Do you think if it will we, happen if the Bears we, lose to the Detroit if Lions? on Sunday? Lose to the Lions. There's There's no
0: way. There's no There's absolutely no way. The next two games, even if Deshaun Watson is playing good with our defense we should win in the next two games and then the momentum can kind of, we should, these should, to me, they
2: should be gimmicks. And of course they're at home. I mean, not that, you know, home field advantage really means anything this year, but uh, you know, whatever it might mean, sleeping in your own bed, uh, you know, being at your own place, whatever, uh, you know, I mean, they'll be playing at soldier field. um, So we'll see. I mean, they got a struggling Detroit lions team coming to town, but The Bears, of course, are struggling uh, probably more than any other football team, not named the New York Football Jets uh, in the uh, NFL right now. But, uh, DJ, that'll do it for tonight's show. Um, We'll probably pick it up later on in the week, uh, kind of preview this uh, Detroit Lions game that we got coming up Sunday, this must win game. Um, You know, it's been a must win game now for the past four weeks. Um, but, like you said, DJ, this is it right here. This is a must win game. You could, ha- I mean, as much as it pains us to say, you could get over a loss to the Green Bay Packers. They're the better team. Again, do you want to lose in that fashion? No, you do not. It was an embarrassing outing, no doubt about it. But now you're playing a, a Detroit Lions team who you very well should have lost to them week one. Now let's see who the better football team is between the two teams. Um, you know, Detroit wins this game. Uh, they might, they will be, uh, it'll be a tied, It'll be tied in the NFC North between the Chicago bears and the Detroit lions. So you, this, this determines will be third and fourth, uh, in the uh, NFC North. Of course, if the Minnesota Vikings lose this week and the bears get the win, they'll jump back into second, but there's no doubt that the green Bay Packers, they're uh, standing all alone there in that number one spot. Um, quick shout out to Earl Bennett once again, for joining the show. Uh, really enjoyed that conversation. Uh, appreciate you setting that one up, DJ. That was a lot of fun, and of course, uh, shout out to you for joining the show. Uh, each and every uh, show that you do join, DJ, it's a lot of fun. And uh, again, hopefully, everybody uh, enjoys listening. Whether that's again Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Periscope, you can of course check out the podcast if you miss this show in its entirety um, on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can check out uh, any podcast that you can just search Chris and DJ Show. And uh, go ahead and subscribe, comment, leave a review. And uh, again, I'm at Chris Shanefeld on Twitter. He's at djmore More uh, Thirty. DJ, any final words before we wrap it up?
0: Yes, you can't lose to a a team that don't have a head coach or a GM. You just can't do it. All right. If you lose, don't know it. Don't even go into the locker room. Don't pack your bag. Act like you just learned you got COVID. Just leave. All right. You can't. You just can't do it. Well, good luck, though. Man, you can't do that.
2: You, you can't do it, but uh, as always, good luck. Good luck to the Bears. They got to win. They they have to win. There, there, there's that 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 seat. I don't know if it gets much hotter than it is right now. And if they lose this week, it could do it. It, it could do it for Matt Nagy and company uh, with the Chicago Bears if they fall five and seven next week. We'll preview the game later on in the week for DJ Moore for Earl Bennett. I'm Chris Shanefelt. Appreciate everybody for tuning in.